Welcome to Nye's Notes. I'm Jerry Nye, the Bible Guy, continuing our series that we started on the last segment about the seven I am statements in the Gospel of John. Last time we talked about John chapter 6, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Today, the second I am statement, John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. Let me start reading verse 1 of John chapter 8. Jesus went into the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again to the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. In the very act. Well, Jesus reveals himself as the eternal Son of God. What he does here in this session means a lot to us. We see here darkness facing the light. We see, number one, the connivers in verse 1 through verse 4, the setting. People came to Jesus to hear the word of God. What a blessing that is. I've started several churches and pastored several more, and it's always a blessing to look out in the congregation and see people that are waiting, anxiously waiting, to hear the Word of God. What a blessing that is for every preacher. People came to hear Jesus preach the Word. What a blessing. The accusers, the scribes and Pharisees, in verse 3, scribes are public writers. Some copied the Scripture and taught from it. In New Testament times, they were interpreters and teachers of the law. The Pharisees a Jewish religious sect that made the Old Testament law into an unreasonable system of legalism. A legalist is somebody who believes you can go to heaven by keeping the law. A legalist is not somebody who has some dress codes and some standards. The accused, the woman taken in adultery, in the very act, all eyes were focused on her. Guilt and shame was there. So we see the conniving in verse 5. Let me read that verse. Now Moses in the law commanded us, that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. What they said, they stated the law. Leviticus 20, verse 10 says, And the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress, shall surely be put to death. But what sayest thou? The law says this, but what do you say, Jesus? They're trying to get something they can accuse him on. While they said it, they want to hold it against him. They want to catch him in abusing the law, but they never could. By the way, where was the man? If a woman was taken in the act of adultery, the man was there too. Where's he? Who was he? They let him go. And we see the challenge in verse 6, the second part of verse 6. But Jesus stooped down with his finger, rolled on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. What Jesus does here, what did he write? We don't know what he wrote. The Bible doesn't tell us. Perhaps since the law was written on stone, he wrote the law on the sand. Maybe he wrote the Ten Commandments. Perhaps he wrote their sin. Perhaps he was reminding them of Jeremiah 17:13 says, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they that depart from thee shall be written in the earth, <laughs> because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Now that's what he says. What does he do? He didn't say deny the law or make a new law. If he said, okay, stone her according to the law, his reputation being a friend of sinners would have been questioned. The common people would have departed from him. If he said, no, don't stone her, then we'd be breaking the law. We would say he's between a rock and a hard place. He is the rock, isn't he? Instead of passing judgment on the woman, 
he passed judgment on the judges. He turned the challenge back on them in verse 7. He that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. <laughs> he turned the challenge back on them. If you're sinless, cast the first stone at her. It was required in the law that the witness cast the first stone. Deuteronomy 17, 7 says, The hands of the witnesses shall be first upon him to put him to death, and afterward the hands of all people. So thou shalt put the evil away from among you. He was not asking that sinless men judge this woman. He was the only one sinless there. The only one sinless today is him. 2 Corinthians 5.21, what a great verse. It says, for he, talking about God the Father, hath made him, God the Son, to be sin for us who knew no sin. He knew no sin at all. He never thought a bad thought, never said a bad word, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. When somebody gets saved, God's righteousness is imputed to them, doctrine of imputation, us, all sinners. And he wrote again in verse 8. He wrote again on the ground. What did he write? We don't know again what he wrote. Not sure what he wrote. So in verse 9, we see the convicted. Let me read verse 9. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even to the last, and Jesus was left alone and a woman standing in the midst. The verse says they were convicted by their own conscience. Holy Ghost conviction is stronger than our conscience. Conviction will bring us closer to God or drive us away, won't it? And they left one by one, beginning at the eldest. Maybe the eldest had more, more sin in his conscience to be aware of. He left first. What do we do when we're convicted? Do we just ignore it? If you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit in you. And the Holy Spirit speaks to us in that still, small voice. When we do something wrong, we know it. The Holy Spirit will let us know. When we're convicted, we just explain it away, try to justify it. You know you can justify just about anything you want to do. Or do we act on it by obeying God? Hmm? We respond in the right way. So look at verse 10 and verse 11. We see the cleansed. Verse 10. When Jesus had lifted up himself, he saw none but the woman. He said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. It's a good thing to get along with God. Good things happen. But they weren't completely alone, were they? Remember, he was teaching people in the temple, and they brought this woman into the temple. So those people there hearing all this, the apostles there, they heard all this also. Where are your accusers? Exposed to the light, they left, didn't they? Hath no man condemned thee? Jesus was the only one could have, who could have condemned her. And Jesus is the only one who could forgive her, and he did. I'm reading Matthew 7, verse 1 through verse 5. Let me read that for you. Judge not you to be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. For why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thy own eye? Or how will thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye, thou hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, then shalt thou see clearly cast a mote out of thy brother's eye. Well, what goes around comes around, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. She was standing in the midst of the light of the world. Verse 12. Now, he said, Go and sin no more. Then spake Jesus again unto them, them. Those, those people in verse 2 that came to the temple to hear him teach. So they're sitting there, 
heard this whole thing, and he turns around and says to them, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. That's the second I am statement in the Gospel of John. He said, I am the light of the world. Now, the light of God brings knowledge of our sin. Light exposes sin. Most of the crime in the country is done at night. So people don't want to come to the light. Huh? They want to come to the word. They want to come to church. They don't want to come to the truth. The light of God brings hope to the hopeless. She was guilty. She was without hope. She was condemned by the law. She should have been dead. should have been stoned. Now she had a hope. Now she had forgiveness. She said, neither do I condemn thee in verse 11. She deserved death, but got life. Hey, like us, if we're saved, she was condemned by the law, but got a pardon. That's grace. She should have been shamed, should have been stoned, but she received mercy and grace. And so did you if you got saved. If you're saved, listen to my voice. You received mercy and grace. The light of God brings direction to those who've been delivered. Follow with me, he said in verse 12. Go and sin no more. John chapter 8, verse 12. Then spake Jesus again to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have light of life. You know, there's some people who made a profession of faith, but they're still walking in darkness. I'm not sure about that salvation. If they really did get saved, they need to get out of that darkness. God saves you from your sin, not in your sin. These are directions for those who have been forgiven. Follow me. Salvation, just the beginning of a light of life. Again, God saves us from our sin, not in our sin. And God will enable you to walk in the light. You can't do it on your own. We've got to follow him. Stay away from the darkness of this world. John 9, verse 5. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. But Jesus is in heaven now at the right hand of God the Father. So now we're the light. In John 5, Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world. A city that's hid on a hill cannot be hid. We are the light. Walk as children of light. He said, I am the light of the world. He's the light that will get us out of darkness, friend. If you enjoyed this, push the subscribe button. Share it with other people. Help me get the word out. This is Jerry Nye, the Bible Guy. Until next time, keep looking up. God's coming back.